Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. Dunks and Discourse Episode 6. I'm Josh Eberly, joined as always by my co-host Jabari Davis. If you haven't liked, rated, or subscribed to the show, please subscribe to the show. Please do that on Apple, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find podcasts, you'll find us. Appreciate those of you that uh, gave us some ratings this week. We continue to climb, and we definitely noticed that, and, and appreciate the kind words for those of you who uh, wrote the reviews. Jabari, how are you doing this week, man? Not bad. Not bad at all. You know, you try... Just continuing to live this dream, you know, like the rest of us. Yeah, see, I'm, like, I'm, I'm, my niceties are slipping. Like, I feel so <laughs> irritable all the time because I am so sick of this quarantine. And uh, man, I'm, I'm starting to, I'm starting to second guess the process as more and more articles come out and more and more information um, reaches me. And, and the, I mean, the California study. I don't know if you saw that talking about. Mm-hmm. The antibodies and the percentage of people, you know, who are fatal, uh, fatally, you know, in danger is a lot smaller than we thought. And I'm, you know, missing work and missing life. And I'm trying not to be selfish, but I'm also, you know, watching friends and family struggle economically. And uh, it's a a tough time, man. Yeah, that's the catch-22 about it, because I I totally hear you. And I'm completely sensitive to folks that are, you know, really... You know, really having a hard time with it, especially financially. But uh, me personally, I'm not second guessing it. I I would much prefer, especially when you know, you're dealing with something potentially as dangerous as this. I'd much prefer to, uh, you know, exercise too much caution than it you know than how things have seemingly been here in the states. Yeah, and I mean, like, you, I don't. It, it's gross to like deal in lives, but I was looking today, and like the stats are just. They're so confusing, right? Because there's all the conspiracies about how many bodies does China really have, and like how, like a month ago, what was going on in Italy and Spain was like, what was tragic, and it led to I think a lot of awareness and fear, and like no one was doubting the the direction. Mm-hmm. And then I'm looking at the stats today, and it's like three people have passed away in my province, about 4.4 million people under 60, three. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's, I just, maybe I'm not a, like, I don't, I'm not versed enough to know, but like, what if we'd gone the other way where everyone over 60 went into social isolation and like, you know, Prime Minister Trudeau here in Canada, I read today, he's committed over a hundred and billion in like handouts and loans and stimulus and which is great. I'm glad people are being looked at, looked after, but like, what if we'd gone the other way and people over 60 isolated and there was funds for just that demographic so that they could stay home from work and they could have, you know, their needs met and not the entire population because I'm just, this is, this it's getting scary kind of the other way now where there's some, and I know the states are going through the same thing where some states are, you know, starting to lower measures, some aren't. And 
and that's that's where the provinces are now here in Canada. We're like Quebec's talking about opening schools, um, but we're we're talking about canceling events in July still. So I, it's it's confusing, man. Well, you know, this is what I'll say. I think every situation obviously has to be you know dealt with uh, relatively individually, like in terms of. You know, I'm, I'm not versed with how things are going up there in Canada. I have no idea how things are currently going on in, in Italy. You know, like, you know, hearing that they're going back to school, you know, even anywhere near soon, uh, sounds crazy to me. But then again, as you just mentioned, we've got several places here in the states that are, you know, reopening and you know, trying to get people back into businesses and trying to get people back, you know, to to the beach. So personally, for here, that just feels idiotic and selfish and you know, short-sighted and even negligent on all fronts, you know. To me, uh, I totally understand the financial impact of keeping everybody indoors, but you know it just seems like folks, you know, you know, kind of simply don't. You know, and, and I guess like when I say folks, I mean the people making the decisions, you know, whether it's the governor or the mayor, or, you know, representative, or whatever. It just seems like they don't care about the citizens in their cities, countries, you know, uh, counties and states, and or, or at least they don't care about them uh, uh, enough, in my estimation. Yeah, and that's that's the thing too. It's 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 not a measure of like we. We shouldn't be sacrificing anyone. You yeah. know what I mean? But like, is everyone staying home and watching small businesses, you know, get crippled? And I'm watching every day, like, you know, restaurants and stores around the city are closing. And we're, we're talking about massive overhauls and healthcare and education. And I'm just like, I, I don't know. It, I guess it's only natural to, to, to want better answers than we've gotten when you're in a situation mm-hmm. you don't want to be in. But. It's starting to feel like I, I I don't know. This is getting away a bit. Yeah, no. I did. look. It, it, the last I can say on it is this: I totally understand your frustration, and I absolutely see where you're coming from. Personally, as you know, at my age, and you know, we, we kind of go back and forth with this. You know, whether we're talking about the sports or we're talking about you know a generational thing. But personally, at my age, I'm I'm a little bit more cautious, or actually, no, significantly more cautious than I would have been, say, at 25. Um, so for me. Like, you know, while I understand the frustration, I'm like, hey, no, you know what, folks, stay in. Let's do that. Let's just make certain of this thing, because if there's even a, you know, even if it's only, hey, there's only a 10 percent chance that you can, you know, you know that you can get it. I, you know, I don't know about you. I don't like I don't necessarily want those odds. <laughs> no. Like, yeah. That's no. just me. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying we, we go back free for all. That's definitely not. I'm not yeah, really no. saying anything, but that's not the idea. It's just I just don't know like we're all kind of waiting for what and then you know our chief medical officer here is like yeah we we might start to reduce um Mm -hmm. but what does that mean and uh, like italy being back in school but they're still social distancing something i read today and i have no idea if it's true but there'd be like a schedule so like half the kids or a quarter of the kids would come on even days and others would come on odds and man it's surreal it's it's surreal i think more than anything what it tells us is like nobody really you know realistically now yes information was out there and we could have been preparing better than we were but nobody you know had an answer and everyone's kind of working on the fly like you know from the outside looking in like i'm like wait what is it wait a second how is that going to work but then i I, ultimately i'm like well i don't have an answer so i get it like everybody's kind of scrambling everybody's feeling the exact pressures and the exact anxieties that you know that you're you know that you did that you just described i'm feeling it as well so i get it you know folks Folks don't have answers, and they're you know having to really ne- you know make these necessary adjustments on the fly. So I understand it's going to be a little bit you know a little bit clunky. Yeah, and I mean, there's one other person who's scrambling, perhaps more than you and I. 
That might be Rob Gronkowski. And, you know, <laughs> as you and I are sorting out our feelings, Rob Gronkowski, he found the one state that was 100% committed to the party, and he made his way out of retirement there. And I, I honestly, I respect the hustle. Yeah, you know, <laughs> okay, so I'm not going to you know, poo-poo this, but I will say, you know, kind of to be you know, for the record guy, this feels a little, you know, a little bit closer to the 2012 Lakers, 2013 Nets, or even, you know, more appropriately, the 2019 Browns than it does in necessarily putting together a guaranteed Super Bowl contender. And and I'm not, you know, it, you know, maybe I could be completely wrong, and you know, in this moment, you know, the time off is allowed, you know, Gronk's body to, you know, to, and mind to heal, and you know, whatever, to the point where he can come in and play a, a full and somewhat healthy season. Uh, and maybe Brady finds lightning in a bottle and, you know, in the new surroundings. And, you know, he looks like the Brady of old rather than, you know, kind of the old Brady that we saw last year. Uh, but I'm just not, you know, quite as high in the situation as others seem to be. Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't even know. I can't speak to it. I'm not into NFL enough anymore to tell you. Yeah. Like outside of the fantasy positions, I'm not I'm not following enough to, to speak on it with any authority. But I did think it was hilarious that, you know, he's just coming out of retirement to be with his buddy in the only state that's, that's got the beaches open. It's very on brand. And then and then somebody posted, uh, actually Andy Bailey posted on Twitter, I saw, Gronk is only 30 years old, and that just blew me away that he's only 30. Yeah, it, you would, it would feel as though he were, you know, upwards of 31, 32 <clears throat> Uh, especially, you know, having taken, you know, taken a year off, but, you know, it, it, it's kind of just, uh, he hit the ground running so, you know, like, you know, uh, you know, so quickly, you know, when he got to the league that it just feels like he's been around that much longer. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy that Brady started playing 10 seasons before he got drunk. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. wild. Like, <laughs> and, and what had already gone to what, six Super Bowls at that point. Yeah. I just, just absolutely wild. Um, Okay, so we, we, I mean, we've had our Corona COVID uh, pity party. At least that's what it felt like on my end. Let's talk about let's 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 spend a few minutes on Birds of Prey because okay. we kind of agreed to review this. It's one of the newer movies that everybody can watch from home. You know, we both paid our six dollars. Good old taxpayers stimulating the economy, doing our part here. <laughs> rented uh, Birds of Prey. Now going to Birds of Prey, I was actually kind of optimistic because the Rotten Tomatoes reviews were better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and, and I, I felt like while there wasn't a lot of talk about it, it had been mostly positive. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I didn't I didn't hate Suicide Squad. I felt like Suicide Squad was like a sixty out of a hundred. It was like a solid B list action movie. I thought both Margot Robbie and Will Smith had some like really funny moments. And you know, despite it not being a very cohesive movie, I I it had enough in it that I enjoyed it. So I, I was I was pretty optimistic going to Birds of Prey, and I did not leave optimistic. But what about you? Yeah, look, I'm going to be a friend. I did not necessarily enjoy Suicide Squad, and but what's funny about it is I, I would have probably given it right around that ranking because you know six you know sixty out of hundred to me is you know it it's evident that it's really not you know really not that great. Uh, but like you know, so like you. I I had seen some positive you know uh, reviews of Birds of Prey and you know what shout out to our guy you know at J Dub uh, I think it's at J Dub twenty three uh, I I know for a fact that you interact with him he's, you know he's a good follower on Twitter uh, he's the biggest DC fan in the world and you know <laughs> to be honest with you I wanted to like it f- specifically for him this movie sucked straight up this movie was terrible it wasn't even to the level of Suicide Squad which like I said I thought was a you know pretty bad in itself. 
Uh, it simply wasn't good. And I'm not knocking Margot Robbie because you know, look, hey, I, I'm a fan of hers, and I, I totally see where she was, you know, where she was going and trying, you know, and what she was trying to, uh, or at least attempt to capture with the character. Uh, it felt like she was really going for like the true nature of the comic book version of Harley Quinn. So I, I I'm not knocking you know the performance it just wasn't for me i thought it, i i thought this movie was overall bad and it yeah it didn't really it didn't do anything for me yeah i mean it was it was tough um I'm, i really like margot robbie too i like i watched bombshell the week mm-hmm. last week for the first time uh, have you seen bombshell i have not and she i mean she was fantastic wolf of wall street she was fantastic mm-hmm. i'm trying to think what else I, I i can't think of anything i've not liked her in, but it just i tanya she was fantastic in yeah pretty much everything she's been in I, I just couldn't dig this movie, man, and um, I think I think this something that you know gets commented like a very typical comment of a movie or a show is like that's not realistic, <laughs> and someone always gets mad at you and is like, well, it's a movie about superheroes, why are you mad that it's not realistic? But I think it's really important to to have your movie be realistic within the frame that you've created and the stakes in this movie. We're so like it was on one hand, it was just like fourth wall breaking and jokes, and it's not that serious. And on the other, like we got people peeling faces, and I just had a hard time like going with the up and down tone. I'm like, are we going with the DC dark? This is a heavy superhero movie. Are we trying to be funny? It's not really either. I, I just I couldn't get into it. And uh, some of the characters, like Ewan McGregor's character, was so cookie cutter. Mm. I'm evil. I have henchmen. It, there was just no spice to him at all, which is really disappointing because, like, again, Ewan McGregor is a great actor. Big Fish, one of the most underrated movies of all time. Hmm. Um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character had like no no personality. Her backstory was like re- might as well just read me a page from a comic book. I, I had a I had a tough time with this one, man. I just I could not dig it. Yeah, for all the same reasons, you know, th- th- those were my issues with it, and, and and really, it just felt like the movie was all over the place. And, and I get it; they're trying to, you know, at least it, I, I'm guessing they're trying to paint the oh, it's 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 a frantic pace and all types of violence and you know and, and just you know all types of just crazy stuff going on, but it it wasn't strong enough to tie it together for me. And you know, to be you know. I, I'm always a little bit hesitant, and when I say a little bit hesitant, everybody's like, "Yeah, you're lying," because you know, you straight out and out of the block said it sucked. But I'm a little bit hesitant to like you know to, to be this you know this strong about you know someone's art that they spent you know obviously a great deal of amount of time you're working on and whatnot. But it is what it is, man. If if I if, if I come to your restaurant and you make me a terrible burger, I'm gonna tell you that you know that tastes like crap. That movie tastes like crap. Yeah, to me, I mean, like I don't know, fifty, fifty-one out of a hundred. That's, That's probably fair. where I'm at. Yeah, I, I wouldn't go over 55. So yeah, anywhere around there is good. Yeah, and again, like I mean, DC is just missing, man. Yeah. Like, and, and again, I say that as someone who thought Suicide Squad was okay. Mm-hmm. I thought Justice League was okay. I, I hated Batman versus Superman. The Martha moment, honestly, mm-hmm. was one of the worst moments. It'll stick with me forever. <laughs> and it, any the people who love DC who have tried to explain this to me on Twitter that I just don't get it and it reconciled this humanity. I'm like, no, man. It was just it was cheesy. It was awful. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't know. Like, I, Aquaman was okay. Wonder Woman was decent. Wonder Woman was was solid. Aquaman was okay. But yeah, I don't know. You know, yeah. like. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you. The only thing out of DC, probably in the last 15 years, that I kind you know that I enjoyed, I, you know, I, I won't I won't take away from it is Wonder Woman. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to the second installment. Uh, was it Wonder Woman 84? Uh, it's either coming later this year or early next. 
uh, you know, and, and I felt like that, you know, but I really did feel like that's the only really, you know, quality, quality movie that I've seen from that universe in, in, in such a long time that, you know, again, DC, you know, DC, true DC fans will will definitely feel like we're picking on it. It's, it isn't that I don't want to enjoy it. We're going into these movies like, hey, maybe this is going to be the one. It's just not very good. Sorry. Yeah. And I, I mean... The Nolan Batmans, and I know that like there's the disconnect from what DC is doing now, but the Nolan Batmans were awesome. Batman Begins yeah. is still still my favorite superhero movie of all everything. So, and, yeah. and you know what? What's funny about it is the I, you know, immediately I'm like, yeah, you know, you know what? You're right. But even the even the the second one, what was that? Oh, it, that Dark was like Knight. Ten full years ago now. Dark Knight was like ten foot. Like, it, and it feels crazy to say that, but it was oh eight. It's twelve years ago. Twelve years. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, man, DC, you know, step your game up. Maybe you know, link back up with Christopher Nolan or something. Get the and band back together. Well, Wonder Woman 1984 is coming in August, but you know okay. who knows? Because who knows? Yeah, and I, I saw the DC schedule too, and it was dark. But you know, they have a bunch of movies already listed 21, 2022. Just a couple of days ago, I saw their list come out, and I was like, man, that's a long time. Like, and then I had the sad thought of like, I hope we're not dealing with like Corona and I can go <laughs> to a movie two years from now. But. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We're, 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 you know what? We'll just stream them. We'll, you know, it'll it'll be uh, uh, the Zoom nights and, and and Netflix nights for sure. Like you know, for real now. You know, before we uh, before we would go with it because you know we would prefer to you know potentially stay home. Now we just absolutely have to. So yeah, it, it'll it's what it somehow. is. Yeah. Um, next part of the pod here, we're gonna we're gonna play a bit of a game. Uh, uh, listeners, we, we threw it out on Twitter. It was awesome. Got a lot of feedback. We asked people to recast a movie. Um, a good movie and make it better by recasting. So I know you you had all these lined up. And so we'll go through these one at a time and talk about some of the funnier ones, some of the better ones. Um, but before we do that, I just wanted to say with, with no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online wagering solution. And with that, Jabari, let's, let's start to play this game. So, what were the one, some of the ones you, you kept for us? All right, uh, so you want to do those before we do ours? Yeah, let's, let's let's do the listener ones. All right, that works. All right, so there was a there were a bunch, and and you know, as Josh mentioned, thank you very much to everybody that you know participated in this. Uh, of course, that's at Josh Everly for Josh, at Jabari Davis NBA for myself. All right, so at Knob Thirty Three, he says uh, the original Space Jam with LeBron instead of MJ. And when I saw this at first, I was just going to you know scroll on past it, but then I kind of thought about it and I said, you know, you know what? I'll say this: I do think LeBron was better in in roles like Trainwreck than you know, say Jordan did in, you know in the original. So I am intrigued to see what LeBron looks like in a lead, you know, as a lead guy that's actually carrying the movie in the in the, in the you know part two. Here's here's where I'm at. When I was like ten, I watched Space Jam and it was fun and I liked it, and yeah. I haven't seen it since I was probably like thirteen, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I don't want to see it because everyone that's seen senses it sucks. And you yeah. know Michael's stiff, and it's not fun, and uh, I I don't want to see it. So I, I don't want I don't I can't even say man, <laughs> I don't want to ruin it. It was fun when I was a kid when Bugs was still real, and I'm not I'm not trying to to ruin the magic. 
You know what? It's probably a good idea that you don't go back and watch it because I can tell you, I can confirm that it does suck. And he is stiff. <laughs> and yeah. it, you know, it, it, it's fine to be nostalgic, but yeah, it is what it is. All right. Next up is at Mavs Network. Good, you know, good follow. I'm pretty sure you you engage with them, you know, with him all the time. But he says that the Hobbit, you know, should have had Danny DeVito as Bilbo. <laughs> I hey. <laughs> I can't complain because I like Danny DeVito and any Danny DeVito in, in anything is, is a plus for me. I'm just laughing at this because like in The Hobbit specifically, like when he's supposed to be way younger, we just uh-huh. get old man Danny DeVito ro- rolling around. I, nah, yeah, I mean, you got to giggle out of me. I guess there's that. There you go. There you go. All right. At Brian Lindino, he says he wants everything Ben Affleck has ever been in uh, with Nick Cage instead. And I got to be honest with you, the idea of Nick Cage attempting to do a Boston accent for Goodwill Hunting is enough for me to get behind, get behind this swap in itself. You know what? The, the one I immediately thought of was like him trying to do that scene in the town with his Boston accent <laughs> with Jeremy Renner where he's like, you can never ask me where we're going, but we're going to hurt some people. And I, I'm just, no, man. Like, of course not. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's funny because like I feel like there was a time where like Nick Cage was legit and he wasn't just an internet joke. And, like, we loved him. Like, somewhere before National Treasure, but it wasn't immediately ruined by the first National Treasure. Like, the Rock, he's, he's an awesome character in The Rock. The Family Man is a great movie, but somewhere along the way, he Maybe became Las a Vegas meme. Maybe Las Vegas is a phenomenal movie. Yeah, you don't need to see that one twice, but it is a phenomenal well, yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> after, after you see it the first time, you kind of get the gist of it. It's like, oh, yeah. okay, I get it. No, no. All right, but but you're 100 percent right. That's a that's a great point. Nick Cage was seen as a respected you know respected actor, and you know then he started doing what was it Ghost Hunt Ghost something Ghost Rider and a whole lot of other stuff that's like okay you know get your money, but yeah that's wild. All right, let's keep it going because there's a bunch. All right, at Heffamite says replace Tom Cruise with The Rock and Jack in Jack Reacher. Uh, it's a different movie for sure, but I do think The Rock could have done you know done it some justice as well. No, man. This is why this makes it... Like, y'all are failing at this game, man. You know, this is why it makes it worse. Because in the original Jack Reacher movie, mm-hmm. where the most iconic scene, where Tom Cruise breaks down, like, how's the fight's gonna go, and he talks about, like, two of them aren't for real or whatever. Like, you wouldn't you wouldn't need that from The Rock. Because you're like, you look at The Rock, and you're like, he could just beat eight of them up. Yeah. But but with Tom Cruise, you know, it's so calculated, it works. Like, that, that wasn't the role. Like, Jack Reacher is not, like, punching through doors and... He doesn't need to be like that, you know. He's got he's got more suave, suave, Rico suave. I don't know. Does yeah? He's not reliant upon just you know sheer brute force. force. Yeah, I got you. I got you. All right, so keeping it going. At Shakur seventy four says, Shawshank is a great movie, but would probably be no, excuse me, probably be the goat with Tom Cruise instead of Tim Robbins. Uh, then he also notes that you know Tom you know that Tom Hanks was playing Forrest Gump at this time. Uh, and I have to be honest with you, while I absolutely love Tom Hanks, you know, we, we've talked about him before, uh, and I do think that he would have been great in the role. I actually think Robbins was perfect for it and was pretty flawless in his performance. Yeah, this this is the closest one so far, because here's the thing. Like, one, I'm not a Tom Hanks hater, uh, mm-hmm. or, sorry, uh, Forrest Gump hater. Some yeah. people hate Forrest Gump. Uh, Forrest Gump's an all-time movie to me. It's a great movie, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's entertaining. The thing with Shawshank Redemption is, like, you, you needed the, like, vacant... Uh, cluelessness appeal of Robbins to sell the character, mm-hmm. and I, I, I think I wouldn't put it past. I, I'm sure Hanks would have done an amazing job, and it would still be an all-time movie if you'd swap them. But I, I can't say concretely be better because it was already great. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where when something's pretty much a, a perfect product, 
why you know if you're 73 and 9 why throw one of the greatest all-time players in the mix yeah fair enough all right uh up next at at the john delorean says vince vaughn is tony stark instead of robert downey jr and i'm just gonna say straight out it's a no for me all due respect to you know john uh but you know what about you you rolling with the john delorean yeah, I'm I'm vibing with this. I, I don't. Oh I get, it, it's it's the same situation oh. where like I feel I feel like Vince Vaughn would have killed it as Tony Stark. I don't know if he would have done better. He wouldn't have done better than Robert Downey Jr. It's iconic, but like I actually think Vince Vaughn would have been fantastic as Iron Man. So Vince Vaughn could have done it, but Iron Man is Robert Downey Jr. That's the problem. We've you know we've already got the confirmation through you know, what five, six, seven you know seven movies with him as Tony Stark. So now the if I close my eyes, I think you know and I, and I think Tony Stark. I cannot you know remove Robert Downey. Can't Jr. see Vince Vaughn. Yeah, I yeah. can't see it. You know, it's like you know like a puffy faced you know Iron Man. <laughs> Anyhow, he would have had to get you know, he would have gotten shape. I'm sure. Oh, like, he would have had to. But like, yeah, six, six, seven, Vince Vaughn just out there. <laughs> the, hey, then it's like, it's like, why don't you just go over and kick Thanos's ass? What are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> you big freak. You've All got right. forty pounds and five inches on Thanos. Just take it to him, man. Yeah, just, uh, hey, what are we doing here? All right, um, keeping it going. At OD thirty three says <laughs> says we should take Kevin Costner out of Robin Hood. And the movie would be even better because the rest of the cast, you know, Morgan Freeman, the late Alan Rickman, Christian Slater, Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio, you know, and a bunch of others. Uh, and I have to, I actually happen to agree here. Um, I like Kevin Costner, but I do think that if, you know, if you, if you replace him, it would have been better. Uh, he didn't give an, uh, an option. Uh, so if you agree with it, who would you replace Kevin Costner with? See, like, I like Kevin Costner too, man. Kevin mm-hmm. Costner's a good actor. But... Um, and. And, and on, all, man, he's playing Robin Hood, and he's like, "What, what are we doing?" <laughs> he's doing a southern. He's got a southern accent or southern drawl playing Robin Hood. I haven't seen. You know what? I remember Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. It was it, it to this day. It's still the best Robin Hood movie. Yes, like I like the Russell Crowe one, but it dragged. My girlfriend at the time fell asleep in the theater during mm-hmm. the Russell Crowe. Um, I don't even know what was going on with like the Taron Egerton, Jamie Fox attempts. Cook like a year ago. Yeah. Um, this is it was a good movie, and Christian Slater is is Will, and it, it's a good movie. But I I don't know, man. Maybe I'm too sentimental about the ones I saw as a kid. But I don't know who you'd replace with them. We we all are, and and again, I'm gonna be honest with you. I had to kind of like you know combine several because we had a bunch of people saying take Kevin Costner out of this movie, and then we even had some saying take Kevin Costner out of every movie he's ever, he's ever been in. <laughs> but like I'm trying to think about like at the time, who are you you're gonna have? Tom Cruise? You're gonna have like Kurt Russell or Val Kilmer? Like which action star at the time is stepping in and not making that Robin Hood like too Hollywood? All right, I've got I've got an idea. You're going to say no. I do not care. Bear with me. You slide Christian Slater into the role of Robin Hood because if you if I'm not mistaken, the guy was actually supposed to be in his 20s. Uh, so you have Christian Slater playing Robin Hood. Then you slide River Phoenix into the role of the of the younger bastard brother, and I think that movie is phenomenal. Yeah, I don't hate it. Like I really do like Christian Slater. Shouts to Joseph Nardone on Twitter who who absolutely stands. Um, for Christian Slater, Absolutely. but yeah, that's a tight window because River Phoenix passed away. I'm pretty sure like the next year. So. He passed away in '93. I looked it up. Oh, okay, <laughs> I oh. got you. All right, uh, keeping it going. At Arbuckle John says Johnny Depp in the Jonathan Harker role Keanu Reeves played in Bram Stoker's Dracula, and this is one where even as a huge Keanu fan, that's a swap I would absolutely I, I wouldn't mind seeing. 
Yeah, yeah. I I think it would have been like John. That's like prime Johnny Depp too. Mm-hmm. That's not like whatever. Every movie he's made the last ten years, he's like the most overpaid actor statistically. Johnny Depp. So yeah, yeah I could. I could Johnny, di- I, that was when Johnny Depp was Johnny Depp. I could dig that one. All right, so here's one that I disagreed with, but at James Buckland three one six, he says he well actually asked, how did Sam Neill land Jurassic Park? Harrison Ford was right, you know, was right there. He was the guy to go with. Uh, I can see it. Um, oh no, okay. So, so first, what do you agree? You know, what are your thoughts on Harrison Ford in Jurassic Park instead of Sam Neill? I don't, I don't like that. I, I like Sam Neill was good in the role. Mm-hmm. I have someone else I could think of in in the role who might have been better. Um, but I think Harrison Ford is too like alpha dog would find a solution mm-hmm. and I don't know that he nails the like reluctant to be there role well here's one for you at the time he was either working on the fugitive or would have been finishing up Patriot Games so Jurassic Park no uh, I, I, I would not have I would not have wanted to go without those other classics uh, so I'm absolutely okay with well we don't have we don't have like this this is a fantastical game we don't have to like worry about the shooting schedule well you know what it makes it it makes it easier to <laughs> it makes it easier to say hell no do not put Harrison Ford in that role but I feel like if, if we wanted like a, an older gentleman who was condescending and we were okay with like the accent changing mm-hmm. I would love Jeremy Irons Ooh. in that role just just ripping on uh, Jeff Goldblum that would have been that would have been quality as well i could go for jeremy like you know what you can you can insert jeremy irons into anything and everything and i'm there like there's there's certain actors that i'm absolutely i'm absolutely on board with oh you you were saying except for you say that but like as a book reader if you've read the book aragon you'll feel me feel me when Mm -hmm. i say that jeremy irons couldn't save that sinking ship so hey you know what uh it doesn't matter who you are. If it's a bad movie, a bad it's a bad movie. <laughs> but at, at the very least, you got to you, you know you got to watch Jeremy Irons. Ugh. All right, last one here is at Bobby A. Austin. He says that they should have replaced KG with Shaq and Uncut Gems. Uh, and I haven't seen it, so can you speak to that? Okay, <laughs> yeah, I I have like an unpop. I felt like Uncut Gems is overrated. That was one of the ones where like. <laughs> Basketball Twitter wanted to rally around it so hard mm-hmm. because of because they the, like KG. Yeah, and in the situation, basketball being interwoven, yeah. but like I was just hoping Adam Sandler would die the whole movie because he's such a <laughs> jackass. You ever get there where like people were like, "Oh, you know, he's so complicated and his his life's hard," and like he was such a good confused character. I'm like, no, this guy's just a jack off. Like this guy needs to go. Um, his family's better off. Everybody's better off. And Adam Sandler just kicks it in this movie. So. Um, I think I don't know if Shaq works as well, man, because KG kind of had to be cold, and Shaq is a little bit too like lovey dovey America's big man, you know? Like I don't know. Yeah, and look, I'll say this: I think you know I understand when it comes to certain characters. I want the kids killed off in Ozark, so <laughs> I'm as cold, I'm as as heartless as they come. Um, but uh, the only thing that I'll say is if they wanted a, uh, an actor with more range rather than just being cold, then, you know, Shaq, you know, Shaq would be an interesting choice. And again, I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know that, you know, that it, that would have been necessarily appropriate. Uh, but yeah, uh, all right, Bobby A. Austin, um, it's, it's a no, but I'll get back to you if I ever watch that movie. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, you know, I, I want to get to the athletics NBA awards. So let's let's go through the three that you brought up, and we'll mm-hmm. save mine for another day. But let's let's do your three, then we'll go to NBA. All right, these are the, the, I'm coming out hot. 
Brad Pitt was not good in Seven. I love him. Oh, no. Yeah, you damn right. I love no. him as an actor. He wasn't good in Seven. Go back and he watch it. He was great in Seven. Go back and watch it. Even oh, no. He's great. I watched it like... Scene. I watched it. Two, I watched it two years ago. That was that. No, man. Take your take take your Brad Pitt you know, uh, colored glasses off. He's not good. That's okay. But I would say DiCaprio would have been better because I think he would have been better opposite uh, Morgan Freeman. Yeah, like I mean, DiCaprio is just better than Brad Pitt. Yes. Like Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt is cooler. But like Leonardo DiCaprio, I just I'm hard pressed to think of a movie like Fight Club would be one where I think Brad Pitt's a better fit. Yes, agreed. Like Fight Club, that's that's right up Brad Pitt's alley. But I would I would say the majority of like Leonardo DiCaprio over just about any actor and just about any movie. I mean, hey, you ask me you ask me what I what which upgrade I want. That's the upgrade I want. All right, keep <laughs> it going. Uh, anything other? Honestly, anyone other than Jared Leto as the Joker as the Joker in Suicide Squad? Um, Is it Leto or Leto? It I don't know Leto Leto. You y'all okay. know who we're talking about? <laughs> Jared, yeah. I think it is Leto actually. Um, you know, I, I do acknowledge that it might not entirely be fair because that movie, once again, was all over the place and just felt completely disjointed. Uh, but I would, I would have preferred Rami Malek in that in that role. Yeah, I, I I agree with that one. I like that one, but I I wish that I feel like Leto's Joker would have been good if they went with like the vision that I was originally sold on, which was I thought it was going to be he was going to be a horror version of Joker in a horror type movie mm-hmm. and then they softened it up right so like give me the 14A rated R version of him cutting people up and being a total psychopath and don't make it all disjointed with three other subplots and 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 maybe it could have worked cuz I, I I don't know that he was that bad it's just that movie was messy yeah, messy, and, and you know what? Then blame it on blame it on the director or the the uh, screenplay writer, whomever. Uh, it, it sucked. So I still want Rami. All right, Rami, excuse me. All right, so the last one is, and I am a big Michael B. Jordan fan, but Mahershala Ali would have crushed that Killmonger role. Once again, I have no issues with Jordan, wow. and I thought he was fun as Killmonger, but I think Ali would have simply been better. I like is Mahershala Ali too old though? For that role, no, because he was playing, you know, his older what cousin or uncle or whatever, whatever the role. Yeah, he, he, they, they, come on, man, in Hollywood, they, they, yeah, you, you can make it work. But like, weren't they like supposed to him and uh, Black Panther are supposed to be like same age, weren't they? I think you can get it done because I mean, you look it, in real life, it isn't like those two actors are that far off in age, aren't they? Isn't Marshall Lee like forty something? Isn't Michael B. Jordan like? 30? Oh, no, no, no. I, I was uh, comparing him to uh, uh, Ch- uh, Chad Bozeman. Saying like... like Oh. Because, yeah. the, you know, uh, Michael B. Jordan is significantly younger than Chadwick Bozeman. Unless I'm mistaken, I could be wrong. Uh, well, now i got to look this up, man. Chadwick Bozeman's 42. You're right. I would have guessed he was younger, though. Well, because he looks good for his age, but yeah. Yeah, man. He He's been like around th- for so long. So. I would have guessed like he was like 32, 33. Marshall Lee's 46. So, go. yeah. It's not, I mean, maybe he could have done it. I'm going to go on no on this one, though. I think Michael B. Jordan did it well. I thought that was a well-played movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't like some, some political commentary and some of the think pieces that came with that movie uh, <laughs> from all over the place. Once again, my, my call to action, please don't let Marvel and DC decide your political stance and what you're going to be outraged about uh, 2020 onward. Like, let's, let's focus. Let's let movies be movies sometimes. Come on, man. Well, you know what? I don't want to go here, but in, the, in my country, we let reality TV 
Yeah, you know what? Let's just keep going. Let's just keep it going. <laughs> NBA stuff. All right. Yeah. Okay. So NBA. This is a fun one. We might have to do this like once a week or right. once every couple weeks because there, there's fun ones. They do come to me, yeah. and I did like my list had some Brad Pitt films. I had like 15, so that's why we're gonna. <laughs> But the Leo swap is cheap. Like maybe we need to take Leo off the board. He's a bit of a cheat code. Um, okay, so the the Athletics NBA um, staff voted on the awards um, as if they were to end today, uh, as if the season was to end today. So they had a panel of thirty three writers, and if you know me, you know I love projects like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they I guess they voted on what what we would consider like the irregular awards and then some other things. So rookie of the year, uh, before I tell you the result here, who did, who do you have? John Moran. Yeah. I was the, if the Pels made the playoffs, the Grizzly missed and Zion kept at it. Was there any chance you're voting for Zion? Yeah. I gotta be honest with you. That would have been, that would have made it tough because that, that would have made it a very difficult decision because you know, like I, I'm one that respects you know, the impact of a player, and if if the Pels, you know, started off something like three and eleven or whatever that you know their terrible start was, and then you know even though they already you know kind of turned it around, and then he you know you throw him into the mix, and and they really uh, and they find a way to leapfrog you know uh, you know Memphis, I probably would have you know been swung the other direction. Yeah, and I think. I, I wanted to dismiss Giant uh, Zion Rookie of the Year vibes right away because I thought mm-hmm. it was kind of preposterous with him only going to play like 35 games at most. But yeah. um, the way he was playing, and if Pels took that playoff seat, and and we talk, I think we did talk about this before, but we did. Yeah. And I and I I think I was pretty adamant, like no way. But the way he was playing was changing my mind. So. Yeah, we both um, were. We we both were like absolutely not. This is it's not fair to Job because he's been so fantastic. And and you know what? If somebody said that to us right now, I still I would respect that. But you know, it's all it's all based on a hypothetical. And had that taken place, I, like I said, I think it would have been a, a a good conversation to have. Yeah, and it's funny. I mean, like John Morant really vibes with a lot of people. I was listening mm-hmm. uh, when I did that call uh, with Gatorade and Tatum and Amoni Bates. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bates in high school was saying John Morant's his favorite player in the league. And then today I'm listening to All the Smoke, uh, Matt Barnes, Stephen Jackson podcast, and Gary Payton was on. He was talking about John Morant's like his favorite player to watch in the league. I'm like, man, this guy's that's that's a good sign when when ballers up and down uh, are are digging your vibe. But uh, yeah, jaw all 33 votes. The entire athletic staff had John Morant. So there you go. Um, Defensive Player of the Year. Who would you have? I would have AD. I know that we've disagreed about this in the past, and I do understand why you know other guys like Gobert or even Giannis and or even Bam Adebayo would be in the conversation. But for me, I was watching him up close and personal every game this season. Uh, the, the most versatile and uh, impactful defender that I watched was Anthony Davis. Yeah, I think we I think we vastly disagree on this one. We don't need to go mm-hmm. to war. Um, I, th- I think his defensive impact has like vastly been overrated this year. But you know that's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. Um, the Athletic had Giannis and Tenacumpo. Seventy-three okay. percent of them had Giannis. Twenty percent had AD, and then it looks like a vote went to Brook Lopez and a vote went to Marcus Smart. Mm. And I feel like Ben Adebayo might have been my vote if I had a vote. But I wonder like, to what extent did Rudy Gobert's antics oh. <laughs> hurt him in the voting scheme here? Because I was reading an awful lot about him leading that award most of the year. So. Yeah, you know that's a really good point, and I think I think it, you know even if they don't acknowledge it, it had to be in the back of their head to maybe you know what maybe not necessarily have his name appear right now. 
Um, they added an award here. I like when people do this, just spice up the conversation. Who do you want? So you have the ball. You're up three late in the fourth quarter. So who do you want to take you home? Ooh. With the ball? Up three? Yeah, yeah late in the fourth. Ooh. Well, if that's the case, give me Steph. If we're up and it's just going to be a free throw game, give me Steph. That's actually a good point. That's uh, LeBron got 31%, mm-hmm. won it. Steph got 28, and Damian Lillard got 21. But I I, I think your reasoning is solid. Uh, yeah. Also, I've been watching LeBron really close <laughs> at the end of these games. Uh, yeah. Hey, man, I, I don't want to say it's a thing, but it's a little bit of a thing well, from that line. Yeah, it is, man. And that's the thing. Like When I when I play those games on Twitter, and I'm like, if prime LeBron James is 98 out of 100, people are like, he's 100 out of 100. I'm like, no, no one's 100 out of 100, man. Yeah. Everybody's got a flaw. And like his free throw game... It's not been tragic. It's not like Shaq where you're like, it's a it's a gosh darn liability, but it's it's a it's not a, it's not a plus. So. Nobody nobody feels comfortable about it. Like even the most diehard Lakers fans that want to you know you know want to say like, oh no, everything is hundred hundred. Nobody feels comfortable when he goes up there. It's like, hey, when he hits it, yeah, that's right. When he misses, it's like, come on, man, come on. And it's and it's crazy that like. He's seventy three percent free throw shooter for his career, which is which is solid. Yeah. But but knowing that he's gonna go one of two at some point in a crucial part of the game, just statistically, it makes you uneasy. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Okay. Uh, who do you want guarding the ball down three, down three, and late in the fourth quarter? Who do you want guarding the guy on the ball? That's a really good one. Let me get Kawhi. You know, it, all things considered. Uh, there's there's a bunch of guys you can go with. You know, of course, Giannis you know, it, you know, it has the versatility to you know guard a lot of players. But if it if it's over, if it's around the perimeter, let me get Kawhi and you know and move, everybody else move out of the way. Yeah, my my thought is Kawhi too, and he did Kawhi ninety three percent of the athletics vote, so everybody was on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick Beverly and LeBron each got a vote, but the guy that yeah. does come to mind also is Marcus Smart. Yes, because. If I'm not switching and, and we're and we're locking in, I kind of trust Marcus Smart to plow through just about anybody or anything mm-hmm. to stay on that ball. So I, don't I know. he he'd be up there. I think that's an excellent choice, and quite frankly, you know, I think Marcus Smart is the defender that a lot of us uh, think that Patrick Beverly is. Yeah, I think Marcus Smart's more that guy. Like yes. they're both they're both the piss and vinegar, but I think Marcus Smart brings at a bit higher level than than Pat Biff. Absolutely. But I appreciate what Pat Bev does. I'm not speaking oh, badly on his name because I, 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 sh- like, I like Pat Bev. You know, he, <laughs> he's more of an irritant than the dog that you know. I, I feel like Marcus Smart is. He, he, I say he's like half and half. Like he's yeah. like I don't like when people are like he he's. There are people who claim he's like a fraud on defense. Like no, they're taking no, it no. too far. He's he's a good defender, but he is more get under your skin. And like I, I I've talked about this before, but like Deshaun Stevenson, mm-hmm. I love Deshaun when he would Wizards and Mavs. But when he would guard you and he'd rest his head on your shoulder when you're uh-huh. off ball just for the extra weight, just to get under your skin, I mean, does it help his vision? Does it, does it probably hinder him getting a passing lane or maybe getting caught on screen? Yeah, but it pissed people off and it works sometimes. So I'm not going to knock it. Yeah, no, it's effective. And, and, and to be clear, like, you know, like keep in mind, remember when we were talking about Patrick Beverly last summer, I was like, the Lakers should go after him. That should be the first priority. Obviously, you know, a lot of things should shake out differently than, you know, than we would have necessarily anticipated. But so I'm a Beverly fan, but I do think that we go too far sometimes in terms of like his actual impact. And I do think it, uh, you know, like I said, I think Marcus Smart is the defender that we 
some of us give you know Patrick Beverly the credit for. Yeah, I think any character, any character, any player in the NBA with like a really loud personality probably gets overrated to some extent. But you know, yep. Yep. Um, best passer in the league, it's LeBron. Um, there and there are a ton, but it's LeBron. Yeah, LeBron forty six percent, Jokic number two, Paul number three. And yeah, I would. I I think it has to be LeBron one. I can't. I can't play devil. He's one of. He's one of the greatest passers ever, if not the greatest passer of all time. So yeah, he's. He, in my opinion, he might be. He might be the greatest passer of all time. Him or Magic. Yeah. So, him, Magic or Nash. Yes. But, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's the field. So yeah, he's here. Um, six man of the year. I think it's Trez. You know, I, I wouldn't have a problem if somebody went with Dennis Schrader. Uh, for what he did at OKC this year. Uh, it's it's not Lou. I'm, I'm, I'm tired it's of that train. Uh, where, where did they go? Well, so I have a different pick oh, okay. um, than, than got voted on their list. They had Schroeder, Dennis Schroeder at one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had they had Trez at two. Got it. Th- they had Derek Rose and George Hill. Looks like they each got a couple votes. Okay. I would, Honest to God, I would have voted Jordan Clarkson. Uh, so are, you, are, are you saying because Twitter was showing him so much love for that 10-game stretch where they played terrible teams? And then after that, he went back but, to being Jordan Clarkson. But the Jazz season, the the Jazz went from Zach Lowe says they're going to be a title contender in the offseason to, like, nothing's going right. Mitchell doesn't look better. Conley looks like a bust. This team is a mess. And then Jordan Clarkson comes around, and things kind of turn around. And you might say 10 games, but Jordan Clarkson still had career numbers across the board. This time, you, I, I think Jordan Clarkson really did turn things around. For Utah, I, I you know I love Jordan Clarkson. I, I would love to be the homer here. I would one hundred percent. But I, I I gotta be honest. I like that that was tw- a lot of that was Twitter. You know, hyping it up and wanting you know to say like all of a sudden you know he's good now. You know, even though like all of those same folks were saying you know talking about how terrible he was for the first like four years of his career. Um, it, look, sh- you know, if they come back this season, or you know, if he's still with the squad next year, and he does, and he can replicate it and, and do it for a full season, I'll, I'll I'll eat my words and say, okay, Jordan Clarkson's, you know, you're that guy. But I, I can't I can't go there with you know with a quick spurt like it was. I would have had him. That'd be my vote. Uh, Coach of the year, the uh, who'd you got? I got Nick Nurse, man. Like yeah. it, it, it's not even close for me. I didn't look. You you and I both know that. As much as even the most diehard you know uh, Raptors fan will lie and say <laughs> that oh yeah I still expected this a eh? no they didn't yeah I know I'm a jerk for doing that uh, I still expected this uh, no you didn't you did not expect that you hoped that it would be the case but you didn't so all respect to Nick Nurse and that staff because that was an impressive run and hopefully the, you know we'll be able to see how it ends. Um, yeah, I mean I, I could have made a co- case for Eric Spolstra. Mm-hmm. Um, who finished third here on their ballot? They had Nurse Donovan Spolstra, um, but Nurse had eighty-one percent of the vote. He he felt like he was going to run with it, run away with it for sure. Um, I'm gonna skip a couple of these. You can obviously go read the article on the Athletic mm-hmm. um, if you want to catch them all. Uh, most improved player. Man, I was stuck between this, and it was, it's funny. And I know you know who one of them is, but for me, it's between Bam Adebayo and it's Brandon Ingram, and it's that's not me being a homer. You saw, you saw the step that he took this year. I predicted it for last year. I was a year off. My bad. Uh, that you know, he, he, he's a real hooper right now. 
Um, I always thought he was, but now at least the hipster, you know, hipster crowd of NBA Twitter is is, is saying like, "Oh man, we just discovered this guy." Uh, so I, I think I really loved you know both of their seasons, especially since at the same time you know that I was sleeping on Bam Adebayo. So I love that he actually, you know, that he also had that breakout year, and I, it wouldn't shock me if, if both of them are in that conversation. Yeah, Bam Bam wins for the athletic year. Okay, but the guy they have second is the guy I have to vote for. And you might call me a homer, but how is Luca not? win this award like when we're talking about him having maybe statistically the best second year ever he's averaging 29 9 and 9 and the Mavericks are well ahead of where they were supposed to be I know it's it's kind of bunk to give to a sophomore player and I've rallied against that and railed against that in the past but like he, he jumped into the top five player conversation and we always talk about how it's harder to jump from like 11 than it is to 5 than it is from 30 to 20 because it's harder to be truly elite this in this league and the guy like was an MVP candidate all year. How how is he not the most improved player? So I'm glad that you you cleaned that up and said yeah. <laughs> you normally will rail against giving it to a second year player, and that's you know that was my reasoning. But yes, man, that look yeah he went from being okay he's got the goods and he's going to be yeah. a good player to man no he might be great. I get you 100. percent But did, but like could, but couldn't you say that Ingram had the same type of jump specifically because. No. You of all people used to you know, poo-poo him and say that he sucked and say no, that. No, 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 no. You always run this back. Yes. And I was and I always at the end of last year, I came on the pod and I was like, you know what, man? He's he's been balling the last 10, 15 years. Whenever that stretch was with yes. the Lakers. I was like, and and but no, but Ingram is not on the same playing field as Luca. No, no, I'm Ingram, not saying on the same playing field, but I'm saying the the the, the, the size of the jump. Because we're talking about most improved. I'm not saying... Yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm saying no. No, no, no. Okay. I'm, and this, this is the thing. I'm breaking the sophomore rule because I'm like, when mm-hmm. you jump from this kid's nice to this kid's in the MVP race in year two, that just doesn't happen very often, man. Like, that's, that's a special kind of jump. So, so, but but also keep in mind this. I love Luca, and I'm not saying, like, that's a crazy choice. I'm not saying that he shouldn't be in that same conversation. I'm just saying that, uh, look, you know what this is. I was sick and tired of people poo-pooing Ingram for all those years. And then, no, no, straight up. And then once he bust, you know, once he burst out, I was like, you damn right. You damn right. That's my son right there. Tiny dog, that's my son. <laughs> so that's really what it's about. But yeah, look if if they went with if they went with Bam, I get it. If they went with Luca, I get it. And if they went with Ingram, well, I'd be happy. I'll just say they did vote on uh, the athletic staff did also vote on who they thought were going to win MVP next year, and they had Luca ahead of Giannis and Steph winning that award. So I, I can absolutely see it, especially if Dallas takes that next step. If they, you know, I'll take if, they can continue, if they can continue to get you know, you know get a little bit more, uh, a little bit you know, a few more reinforcements into that mix, and I can see that. I'm going to – the last one we'll talk about, and they have a few more on here. So, once okay. again, The Athletic, they paneled all their writers, their beat writers, their national writers. They did these awards for us to have something to talk about as the news went slowly. So, mm-hmm. go check it out. Um, but they did MVP, and I'm going to say, like, you know Giannis, 97% of the vote. Mm. So, one person voted for LeBron. Mm-hmm. I, I'll say it. Like, I felt like if LeBron's 20 games were as cold as his last three weeks were – um, he might have taken this. He might there. There was he was gaining momentum, and I think there was a a possibility that he won this award. Uh, not a great possibility, but like a small possibility. But if the season is done, then it should go to Giannis, and there shouldn't be much of a debate. That's where I'm at. Hundred percent on the same page, and you, 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 
I would like to argue. I'd like to push back. I'd like to say no. That's not the case. He, uh, if LeBron had continued continued to keep it rolling the way that he was, you know, when things uh, you know, when things stopped, he was going to take that award. He one hundred percent was. But I'm glad, honestly, that we don't have that scenario because Giannis was that fantastic. He was that great. You know, you know throughout the you know throughout the season. And you know what? I, I'm I'm in favor. As much as I love, you know, like the history, and and I'd love to, you know, see LeBron add that to his legacy. You know, like you know, put it, you know, put it on the mantle, uh, so that after at the end of this, we can, you know, we, we can really, you know, you know, line up these guys' accolades. Uh, I'm also one to, you know, continue to celebrate the league as, you know, the, the growth of the league and the and the, the the excellence of the league as we go. So I would love I would love to be able to say that Giannis, you know, got a second one. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna say LeBron was gonna take it, but there was a chance. I mean, the Lakers were what 13-3 at February on. Josh, he was shooting well. Josh, if they if they kept it rolling, and, and then keep in mind they were only like a game or two behind Milwaukee in the loss column, and Giannis had just injured his knee and was out of the line. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean there was a yeah. chance, but like saying he's gonna take it is too much. He like it was it, he wasn't gonna walk into that, but there there was he, he had done enough to create an opening. Is where I'm at. Yeah, that's fair. I think he would have taken it, but that's fair. I I think it it is like there's a million things that are sad, and again, just the perspective piece with COVID and Corona. But like LeBron getting that fifth MVP might evaporate with this too, which is unfortunate because not that we all tick tack have our lists of what's important, but that fifth MVP would have. Not that four is anything to, to scoff at, of course. but but uh, yeah, the guys to win five MVPs are as it currently stands: Kareem, Michael, and Russell. So yeah. LeBron joining that conversation would have been would have been cool. It would have been a cool history moment. Kareem had six, right? Yeah. Okay, I got you, I got you but yeah, yeah. you're naming the guys that had five. Okay, just wanted to yeah. make sure. So right now, I, I mean, Wilton, Bron got four. Kareem's got six. Jordan and Russell have five. Bird and uh, Magic got three. Yeah. Moses got three too, and then Doctor J kind of has three because it got the ABA ones. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's too bad because I think I think that's might get ripped away from him, and I'm I'm not totally sure that Harden should have won it over him in 2018. But that's that's another conversation for another day. We can we can definitely do that another day. So uh, with that said, we are going to wrap up episode six. Once again, please, please do us a solid like, rate, subscribe. If you've got a minute and you're very packed at home, quarantine, physical distancing, life, uh, type up a review. We'd appreciate it. And uh, we'll hit you at episode seven. Thanks again to Blue Wire for, for giving us a spot. And we'll see you Monday morning following Last Dance episodes three and four.